testing. And good morning to everyone this morning. Did everybody get up earlier than normal because of the clock change? I did. Yeah. My body wakes up at 7, even though it said 6, you know. <laughs> I said to Gary, I'm just going to have extra time this morning. <laughs> There's no reason to lay in bed, you know. But I remember when I had a dog, boy, he got confused so much on this time change. So anyway, I enjoy the fallback. <laughs> think about it. I had to stop and think about and that, you know. Well, some days yes, some days no. Or have you became so accustomed to being a Christian that God's presence in your life has lost that zeal and lost that enthusiasm? He still has zeal and enthusiasm. <laughs> um, Apostle Paul in the Bible told us that Timothy uh, to stir himself up, to fan the flame, to rekindle the embers of the fire that he once had. And that's why I'm saying this morning, let's look at what we once had. You ever remember the first time you became a Christian, how exciting it was, and how you were just floating on air? And then all of a sudden, something horrible comes along, and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> we, you know, we fall back on. So the advice this morning is don't let the things that once amazed you, your salvation, God's unconditional love, his daily provision, and, and overcoming life become mundane. No. Choose to wake up each day amazed and excited about your life and the ongoing relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Bible says, think about how privileged you are to be a child of God. Amen. Okay. All right. Sure. 
to you, Lord King. Hallelujah. To Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Okay, praise God. We are ready to continue worshiping the Lord. The word talks about coming together. He said these words, as often as you do it, leaving that up to us how often we do it. I, one of my uh, fellows that I consider a sort of mentor in the ministry, I never met him because he went to heaven in 1947, and I wasn't hatched until 1960, okay? So he, he was there before me, but his sermons and writings he liked to take communion every morning when he woke up. That's pretty radical, isn't it? <laughs> he, got get, he was so committed to the, the cause of heaven that he committed. He, committed. He, 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 he partook of communion every morning of the day and of the week, regardless of who he was with. He would have them join him if he was with folks. But he did it together because he wanted to have the memory, the fresh memory of the Lord Jesus. And that's what communion's about. As often as you do it in remembrance, in memory of me, do this together, it says. Come together, and it says this, uh, come before the Lord when you do this, and make sure everything is right within you. You don't have to, to, to pray on your knees if we're going through another marriage ceremony. You only get married once, right? I mean, if you're married, to your, you know, here in the USA, right, we marry one wife, right? We don't do the multi-wife thing, right? <laughs> so you get married to her once. You don't get married every day, but you just act like it, right? You love your wife, you act like it, right? You love your husband, you act like you get married every day, right? So that's what you're doing with Jesus. It's kind of like getting in that same kind of a covenant relationship that, uh, with heaven, with Jesus, in remembering him closely and, and setting your hearts to seek him and obey him. What's it say in the Bible? If you shall, if you want to be saved, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you want to be saved, you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. What does Lord mean, boys and girls? They don't know that, do they? Lord means boss, right? <laughs> you make him boss, right? So we make him boss, right? We make him boss, and we believe deep down inside of us that God did raise him from the dead. He did. I got to see him in heaven when I died in 18, 1981, the car wreck. I got to see him. I know he's there. I know he's real. So it's real. This is real. All of this, everything belongs to you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a magnificent thing to realize inside of you? Not only do I belong to, to heaven, but heaven belongs to me. That's why we can pray your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. So partake of, uh, partake, receive the elements together right now as a church family. Thank you all for coming to worship together with us today. We're so glad. Uh, the Bible says this, David said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord to worship him. So I'm glad that you were glad enough to come this morning and worship him with us together. We want to praise him together. We want to receive this covenant contractual meal together so that we're belonging to one another like we should be. Amen. Uh, how much farther do we have to go? Miss Betty, you have your elements? They haven't got your elements, okay? They'll be there soon enough. Uh, run, Forrest, run, right? <laughs> He's not, okay, okay. Thank you, Dwayne, for, for the, okay. So <laughs> we want to get the elements together and, and partake of this together because of the seriousness and the importance of coming together in that name of every name, Jesus Christ. This morning, I just have this urge to talk a little bit about that name this morning, amen? We're still finishing up.
This is my final little segment of growing and going together. How many of you remember our little mission thing we talked about? This is the place of loving Jesus together as we grow up in him and as we go forth in him. It's what it is, amen? It is what it is. Thank you, dear. this this is my body broken for you you know there's a saying that I ought to say among the children Jesus said I love you this much and then he died his body was broken the Bible says he was he was torn up beyond recognition of a human being and he that was all done for us in this covenant that we're talking about he was all torn to pieces so we could be put together that's what it's all about amen Praise God. Let's hold up the element before the Lord and say these words to him. Lord Jesus, I hold up the body before you right now. And I thank you for dying in my stead, for hanging on that cross in my place, paying my way back into heaven and making the way for me through this body. Amen. Now partake of the body of Christ. And as you're partaking, as you're consuming the body of Christ, realize it becomes part of you. And you have the right to his wholeness and wellness because there is no sickness in heaven. Song I like. I never heard of a heavenly flu. Have you? I've heard about Asian. I've heard about swine. I've heard about Hong Kong, but they're not mine. I never heard of a heavenly flu. Why? Because I belong to heaven. I belong to him and he belongs to me. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Receive wholeness and wellness right now. As you partake of that right now in Jesus' name. Now, the cup, yes, we're partaking. I'm sorry. The cup, we're partaking. Now, hold up the cup before the Lord and say these words. Lord Jesus, this symbolizes your blood that it says was poured out for me. I receive the results of that pouring out of your blood right now. And through this blood, I have access to heaven, to your throne. I thank you for it. I receive it. Amen. Now partake of it. Okay, praise him for the blood right now. What are you going to do right now? As Rachel makes her way up, there's been some prayer requests, and I want to take care of those right now. Melody, which is one of the people that come here every Sunday without fail, is in St. Anthony's Hospital. She has an infectious disease on her leg, and um, she's truly, truly in need of prayer. And at this moment, Tammy and Cecil's granddaughter's significant other, baby daddy, uh, went to church with her this morning. And he's coming out of rehab for drugs. So we really need to pray for that. So, uh, okay. Lord, we ask you for a complete healing of that infection in her leg, Lord Jesus, that she will be able to protect them and give them rest, Lord Jesus. And they will be done with all of this sickness very, very soon, Lord. And, Father, we lift up Alex to you this morning. He's went through some major problems in his young life, but he has a baby 
and people who love him, Lord Jesus. We ask that you come into his life and turn him around, Lord. We know what it's like to give our sins to you, Lord Jesus, and you make something out of us when we don't think we're nobody. We know what it feels like to be the, under, the dirt under the rug, Lord Jesus, and yet you rise us up when you come into our lives. So I pray over Alex this morning, Lord Jesus, that he comes to know you as his personal Savior. Oh, Lord, let that be. Let that be this morning with us. We prayed for him. That's a walking miracle sitting there today. He had been in the hospital, and they almost lost him at least twice. He's out of the hospital, still needs prayer, but he's with us today. And it is good to have June with us. She was part... Jude, Jude with us, she was, her and her husband was part of this church for many a year, they moved away, right, back visiting, so it's good to have Jude with us, and um, yes, Hi, friend. and Gertie brought a friend with her, because they're going to go out and celebrate her birthday today, Woo-hoo! her Happy birthday is Tuesday, and Teresa's was yesterday, I believe, so they're going to do a celebration today, so um, Gary, lead us in a song of happy birthday. Well, Rachel, Gary, somebody who sings. Somebody. Happy birthday to you. (coughs) To you. Happy birthday, dear Gertie and Teresa. Happy birthday to you. And many, 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 many more. How many of y'all agree with that? Amen. No, sit down. As he runs sideways to the toddler room. Go ahead, Cecil. Okay. Wake up and smile, it's been a while, it's been like a whole day since I stopped so you can hug me, this child away, strong in the faith, Lord you are the refuge that I can't wait to get to cause I won't let it Thank you. 
All right. Thank you, Rachel. <coughs> and I love watching Teresa. She'll just get up here and dance when the music's going. <laughs> so, Gary, I'm going to put you to work here. Give everyone one of these. Okay. Gary's going to pass out this paper. It's called My Thankful List. <coughs> what I'd like for you to do, there's 14 lines on here. For two weeks straight, starting today, Put one thing that you're thankful for every day you wake up. One. In two weeks, we're having potluck, and we will have our church service up there. And I would like for everyone to share one to two things that they wrote down on their thankful list over the next two weeks. So that's an assignment on that list of who's bringing what and who's going to help with what, okay? Because... We need people to bring certain things, and we need help with certain things. So there's two papers I need you to sign up on, and that potluck will be, or pot blessing, I'm sorry. Gary likes to call it a pot blessing, so it's the same thing as a potluck if y'all don't know what a pot blessing is. <laughs> We've had confusion over that. It will be in two weeks. But we haven't had one for a while, but the truth is we've had so many funerals with dinners here. We were all together on that, so... We've made it a month without a funeral, so <laughs> we're having a pot blessing. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, in the bulletin, you also see that I have Teresa's birthday down, which was yesterday. And um, Gertie's, I didn't know about three to five, we need two car seats to continue bringing these kids in the van. So if you have spare one laying around, <laughs> we need it, please. Okay. Gary, did everybody get one? Oh, the cop. <laughs> nice. I'll, I'll, which two, Jude and, um, I'll make more up. There's not a problem. I love that idea. Okay, no problem at all. I have them made up. Okay. Take offering on everything. Okay. Praise the Lord. The, the folks under that old one, they were slaves to God. They weren't sons and children of God. But we've got a different covenant, a better one. And that better one lets us come because of his work, not because of us. We're not good enough, folks. I didn't hear any amens. We're not good enough ourselves. These, old, these carcasses that we live in, they cause us all kinds of trouble, don't they? <laughs> and the, the, the mind that goes before, it says in Deuteronomy, they come before the priest that was in those days. There were different people that were priests. You see, and those are the people that represented the people to God, you see. But now we have one high priest. Who knows what his name is? Anybody? His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did it once and for all time and made each one of us priests before the Lord. We have access to the Lord. So we come with our access and bring our worship before him of our substance, what we do. 
Think about yeah. I had one little amen there. He blesses us so we can be a blessing. That's right. He does it so we can be a blessing. And that's the reason we decide we're going to obey him and that we're going to plant that seed because seed turns into what? Turns into harvest, doesn't it? More blessing so that you can be more of a blessing. Amen? Amen. Let's do that this morning. Let's worship the Lord. I don't have a piano player. Lee, can you play? Oh, I'm sorry. I've been so, I've been so, under, she was camouflaged over that. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 isn't it wonderful to have Miss Betty back behind, behind those ivories over there? Amen. Amen. We so appreciate her faithfulness, her striving for the Lord. Amen. So we're going to sing that song, Sacrifice of Praise Before the Lord. And you feel free in the Lord to bring up your worship of your substance to him. We have, that's what these little brown baskets. Uh, I'm looking for the day when we need to have a gigantic bucket to hold it all. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So let's do that right now. Sacrifice of praise, Miss Betty. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Let's offer it. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Lord, we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Oh, Lord, we bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Let's do it offer now. We offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Lord, we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. You can rejoice. You can get happy. Because that's something the Lord commanded the people of Israel to do. Get happy. Get happy. It's like, it's like well, yesterday evening when my Texas Longhorns defeated the, the uh, Kansas State Wildcats, and they weren't expected to do that, and they did. And uh, I, I got happy. I didn't dance too much because Dola, I would have woke her up over there. But, <laughs> but I got happy. I wanted to rejoice in that. I'm happy about that. Amen. So the Lord wants us to get happy and rejoice when we come before him and we sow and plant into his kingdom. Why? Because it opens the windows of heaven. Amen. Now, Lord Jesus, receive this at our hands. Uh, place it before our Father and worship him with it. And through the obedience that is seen therein, open up those windows and pour out that blessing. Let there be extreme blessings, hundredfold, coming forth on the family this day. We thank you and praise you for it. Amen. Amen. Girl here coming up. Yes, there she comes. Okay. The Bible tells us all things are permissible to me, but not all beneficial. So what that means is, Gabriel, we might be able to do something, but it might not be the right thing to do. Come over here and help me guess, okay? <clears throat> so... We can do things. God will allow us to do things, but maybe it's not exactly the right thing to do. So I have something in here that you can do. <laughs> I have 
candy corn. I have candy corn. Now, if you take this candy corn and you ate a few bites, a few pieces, it's okay, right? If you ate all of this at one time, what would happen? Sugar rush. And a sugar crash. Puking, maybe? <laughs> Too much sugar? Stomach ache. Because, because it's good, a little bit of it is, but too much of it is not good for us, is it? Too much. Do you know that the Lord told us that in the Bible? He says that we can have all things are permissible. In the Bible, he says that we can have all things are permissible, but not all beneficial. So just because something is permissible, it doesn't mean we need to eat the whole thing. And did you know, Gabriel, hold this up for me. Just stand here and hold this up. I'm going to give you some facts about candy corn. Now, what kind of corn would be good for you if you had it? Regular corn. Sweet corn. Corn in the cob? Pounds of this stuff is sold around October. And 9 billion kernels every year is sold. If you take each kernel and you put it all around the earth, the whole earth, four times, It'd be that much that is sold that people buy in October. That is a lot. That is a lot. And for some reason, people like it, and some reason, people don't like it. But I would say people like it to have that much. So we're going to take that with us upstairs, okay? And we're going <laughs> to go to kids. Okay, <laughs> thank the Lord. We're going to go to kids. Okay, are we there now? Are we, can, you, can you hear me now? <laughs> you can hear me now. You don't really need this, but anyway. We, we, uh, we're coming together to love on him together spirit on a spiritual basis and grow up in him and go out for him because that's the plan of God. I want to show you that from the word this morning, but I want to share a little joy that I got this morning as I, I awakened. I was, I was through little critters in my front yard. Uh, they're little critters with feathers on them, and they're about this tall, and there's about a dozen of them. There was three of them right in the yard and spreading across the street. And, uh, and I thought, wow, 
gobblers. They're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I don't think that's what they were doing, but they were there. They were digging the worms up from the rain and all that. And I thought, wow, that is awesome. That is so wonderful. I rolled the window out. And I used to have them at the farm in Oklahoma out. They'd come a catty corner across the street and, and gobble and stuff. So I leaned up to the window and went, like that. And they just kind of ignored me, okay? So I thought, well, I got to get a little closer, I guess. I'm going to get their attention. So I got my camera out and went out there. If you look at my Facebook wall, you'll see the pictures. I took pictures of those guys. And then I invited them to the Lord's Supper this morning. And that word supper kind of dis uh, disturbed them. For obvious reasons, right? Being the month that it is, uh, the closeness of the holiday, right? And they, they decided at that moment they didn't bother gobbling back. trying to get the attention of their leader. And it didn't work. Okay? We came together. We received of the body and of the blood of Christ. If you did that this morning, that is, it, it wasn't literally, some folks teach it's the actual blood of Jesus. It turns into the blood. It turns into the flesh of Jesus. That's not true. It is because that's what Jesus said. This, because, this is my blood. This is my body. Broken for you. And there was a reason for that because he wanted us to be like him. He wanted us to be like him. What's the Bible say about the Lord? Uh, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. What was that Word's name? Anybody know? John chapter 1. That was the Lord Jesus. That was the Lord Jesus. He wants us to be like God, like him. And what's the Bible say about God? God is love. Have you got enough love in your life? Stop doing that, don't we? We look for love in all the wrong places. There's only one place to find real kinds of love. There's all kinds of other love. Uh, the, the Greek language, the New Testament was written in, there were seven words that we translated in English, love. They didn't mean the same thing. They didn't mean the same thing. There was one of them, philos, or phil, we say Philadelphia today. Philos, it meant brotherly love. Anybody got a brother in here? I've got brothers from other mothers, okay? And we have brotherly love with one another. Brothers in the Lord, right? They're brothers from other mothers. So we have love for one another, brotherly love. And then they had eros, which means the romantic kind of love that, that has sexual element to them. Eros, but they translated that love. And then there are other words, but the word that's most important of the seven is agapao or agape, we say it here in English today, agape. And that means a, a special love. They invented that word for that time of history because they had no word that actually described the love of heaven, the love of our creator, Father God, for each of us. Nothing was able to adequately convey what it meant. So they invented that word agape. And so that's a special kind. I wrote a song, Nothing Without Love, from 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about that kind of love, heavenly, godly love. And the song says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not God's special kind of love. His, his charity in the King James Bible is what it says, charity. And that's a, a good word for it because God so loved that he, anybody remember the rest of that? That he gave. And that kind of love, agape love, is a love that comes from that person that's doing the loving. It doesn't depend on, Miss Betty, I love you, and I love you in the Lord, but you know what? That love in the Lord, I agape you, but it doesn't depend on you at all. It doesn't depend on if you were nice to me at church, 
It does depend on if you brought me some French fries at practice. Does it doesn't depend on if you brought me a, a pop to practice. Any of those kind of things. It doesn't depend on you at all. It depends strictly on here. God is love, agape, strictly on him. And God wants each of us to experience that same love. He so loved that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Want to live forever? Want to live forever? Want to live in heaven? There, I'm telling you this, as a human being, as a spiritual being, and cursing, here it is, people. Like that, what's that song? Hump, there it is. Hump, there it is, right? You got blessing and cursing. Blessing and cursing. I said it before you. There it is. And he said these words to them. So, therefore, because I set this before you, I want you to choose which one. Choose life. There's a choice to be made on this earth. There's a choice of which family do we belong to. And the choice is actually left up to us. God set it all up. He set it all up so you can't lose. Missed a good chance to say amen right now. I'm gonna, that was good preaching right there. I'm going to pat myself on the back. He set it up so we can't lose, you see. He, he did it all. There's a, a, a neat old song. Anybody ever heard the song? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. And the thing, you see, the, the, the thing that determines the spiritual family that a person is in, will they remain in the default setting? If anybody ever messed with computer, I took computer programming class back in 1978 when I graduated. I know y'all can't believe that I'm that old, right? <laughs> I graduated high school, went to Mesa Community College for a year or two and, and, and got that two-year deal. But I took a class called computer programming and I was, this teacher, this is horrible of me, okay, but I was a kid back then, okay, carnal and all those stupid things, right? And this poor teacher, uh, he, I'm not used to chalk and be up on this chalkboard doing this with it and writing stuff out, which it was all Greek to me, okay? Maybe you've took computer classes. It's all Greek, right? COBOL. I don't know if anybody remembers the word COBOL. Jeffrey would remember that, right? COBOL. That's old school. Way back there. Way antique stuff. And he's sitting there teaching his COBOL. And he said, DOS is this way. DOS was the original antique. And uh, disk operating system, what that stood for. COBOL, I don't remember what it stood for. But it was supposed to be better. But it was a pits. And so he's sitting there telling us all this stuff. And, and... That hand, it looked so strange, it distracted me, okay? It's horrible, it was a carnal thing, all right? It distracted me. I was so distracted watching his hand do this stuff, I couldn't partake of what he was teaching. That's horrible of me, right? And I repented of that, Lord, thank you for forgiving me, okay? But I, I, I wish that I'd have stuck out some computer classes back. In, garbage, out. You've got to put the programming, you've got to tell the, the computer what it's supposed to think. You might understand that part of it. So that's why Windows became so popular because you didn't have to tell it everything. You could just click on the buttons and it would know what to do, right? 
a lot of the time, right? And you could get things done on the computer. That was what was so exciting back in 84 or 5. I took a, 86 or something, I took a, a class on Windows 3 and the teacher was jumping up and down excited. And it was the pits back then, honestly. We're nothing like today. But I remember that it has to be programmed and understood and you tell it what it's going to think. And so it does what you tell it after you program it. Well, the Lord was telling the people, there's something in the computer called the default setting. Anybody know what that, stand, that means? The default setting means that computer has programming and they went and did it anyway. And so they did and what the, it says, the Bible says when they did that, death passed on all people. The default setting spiritually is death. That meant they became dead to God. Have you had anybody in your life that became dead to you? Anybody? Have you ever had somebody that became dead to you because either something they did to you or they walked away and said, I'm not having anything to do with you. I'm done with you. And so they became dead to you. You became dead to them, right? So the Bible says when they did that, they became dead to God. They died spiritually and walked away. And that's the default setting for human beings. The family that you're in as a human being, you're born with, I know you might be, I, I was a really good kid. I was on, I know y'all can't believe it, I had an honorary streak, yeah. But I, I was a really, I was a good kid. I, I didn't go out and do all the cookie stuff. That some, I didn't mess with dope. I didn't, I didn't like alcohol, so I didn't mess with that. I didn't go out and do the crazy, uh, some of the crazy parties, some of the teeny, I didn't do that. I chose not to. Saw no need in it. So I was actually a pretty good acting kid, but I was not good enough. I was never good enough because death had passed upon me spiritually. Now I had a mama who was a Holy Spirit filled eight year old street evangelist preacher in Arizona. I mean, she got out there and had church on the street with kids all. Uh, that's the mama I had and grew up with. But I was dead to God. And there came a time I had to do what God told these people in Deuteronomy. Uh, he says, I set death and life before you choose life. Because the default was what? The default setting was death. If I did nothing, what would happen? I'm going to die because I'm dead to God. And so the Lord said to the Israelites, choose life. He says today, choose Jesus, choose life. Does that mean magically every, uh, every bad thing, every problem just melts away? No. God's not a witch of some kind uh, doing bewitched and, you know, snapping finger at you and stuff. He, it's not, it doesn't work that way. But he gives you the everlasting life passes upon you. You become a child of God instead of a child of the mean guy way downstairs, spiritually. And that's his will. That's what he wants us to do. That's how it's supposed to happen. And I'm almost out of time, bless the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> so I, I want to just encourage everyone present, make sure before we leave today, make sure you've made that peace. You've made that choice. You chose life. Fellowship. And we're the place of a number of things, but I want uh, to end up with this one thing. We're the place of loving Jesus together. We're a spirit-filled fellowship loving Jesus together, growing up in Him, going out for Him, okay? Remember that 2 Corinthians 5.17, it should still be on the PowerPoint up there, if that's still up there. 
Second Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, in other words, if they've gotten saved, come to heaven, but gotten a family God, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything is made new to them. They're in a new existence, okay? They have rights. The psychologists have long sought the secret of this new man, this new creation. It, it, it freaks them out. They don't understand that. How could this be? How could this new being be in this body that Jesus talks to? Especially when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? It's who we are in him as a child of God. And 1 John 2, 6 says, Whoever says he lives or abides in him, Jesus, ought as a personal debt to walk and conduct himself the same way as Jesus walked and conducted himself. You know, the young people, uh, I'm going to bring this up again. I've been going down. The Lord had led me weeks back and went down with the young people in the Wednesday night meeting, Powerhouse Youth. Wonderful, wonderful meeting. Tanya and Cecil have done such a, a wonderful, faithful job, and we appreciate all they've done with these kids. And there's that group of kids down there. And before I know it, there is a, a, a God has gotten a hold of a whole group of them. They're, they're on the floor. Isn't that crazy? They're on the floor praying. And they're praying loudly. The, the adults in the study upstairs, the room upstairs above them, are like, they ask me later, what were y'all doing down there? What was going on down there? What happened down there? Why? Because they were expressive toward the Lord. There was life from heaven going forth in these kids. And the kid, in the week since, there's still been a move of God. Wednesday night, there was a mighty move of God going on. And Wednesday evening, they come up to me. They'll come up to me afterward and start asking questions. One of the big issues is this. It is, oh, I know this person that says they're a Christian, but they leave the church and there's really bad language coming out of their mouth. Oh. It's so offensive to them. You understand that? It ought to be offensive, right? Oh, there's such bad language coming out of their mouth. Oh, and they're, they're so hateful. And they do bad things all the time. Oh, 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 what do, I, what do I do about that? And the thing I've had to share with them is this. You really can't do anything but pray for them and share, share God's word to them, encourage them to live right, right? You can do that. You can't do it for them. You can't make their decision for them. I can't make your decision for you. Dola can't make your decision for you. She might give you some input. She probably has, right? Give you some input about things. But she can't decide for you. Neither of us. You are deciding for you. You decide which direction you head in life for eternity. You decide that. God's already decided. You need to get in line with Him. That's the truth. Amen? So these kids, are, they're, they're upset and uh, upset about what they, what they see as hypocrisy. I see it as this. The people they're talking about haven't grown up in the Lord. You're not saved and, and immediately you're some kind of perfect person that never has any wrong thoughts, never has a wrong action of any kind. That doesn't happen. You have to grow up in Him to become more like Him. You have to do that. See? You understand that, right? You do understand that, right? It's who we are in Him. That's why I was explaining to, to these young people, Colossians 3.17 says this. Colossians 3.17 should be the next slide up there. It says, whatever you do in your word or in your deed, 
Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything in the name of Jesus. The name. What does that mean? What does that mean? I think I might have shared that last time. Lee came up and said, thank you. I never saw that before. It means, uh, it, do it in his name. That means you become Jesus. You're becoming Jesus. You're acting like him. People, can't, people shouldn't be able to tell you apart, you see. You do it in his name. It's as if Jesus himself is doing it to them and for them and with them. I, I remember uh, the airport one time. I don't know if I can get through this or not. <laughs> the air, they're going through the airport I, I had done, had flown around the world and the country and was doing some business and was in the airport. And, and there was this, this young woman, uh, beautiful little girl, maybe 19, and, and she was, had a stand at the airport. She was selling beautiful red shiny apples on this stand. But you know what? I, I didn't know this until I went by and saw a little closer. She was blind, apparently born blind, never seen. And she's sitting here, and people are coming by and buying apples off of her and stuff. And the rush hits. People trying to get to their planes and people coming off planes. It hits. And this poor young woman someone runs into her stand and knocks all the apples over. And this poor girl is on her knees going around trying to find her apples because that was her living. That was, that was kind of her source, right? She's on the floor, and she's just weeping. She doesn't know what she's going to do. How am I going to, my, my boss or whoever's supplying, he's going to be mad at me. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so see that and, and stop and start and, and got to get my plane right. I got to reach my plane in time, right? But decide to stop and start helping her pick them up. And we get, every, we get all the apples and some of them were messed up, so they're no good. And so we get them all, we put them back on the stand. And before walking away, honey, sweetheart, here, I want to help you out with this. And her $20 bill, which probably covered what was messed up. a little blind girl forgive me it's a little blind girl kind of she got she could kind of tell where I was I guess and she as I'm getting ready to leave she says mister mister and she's just weeping and bawling her eyes out she says are you Jesus whatever you do in word or in deed do it in the name of Jesus, just like you're him. Be him. I want to ask you this. Does anybody ever mistake you for Jesus? Have they ever, has that ever happened? Has anybody mistook you for Jesus? One of my heroes in the faith, Smith Wigglesworth, I recommend. I've got a Wigglesworth anymore. They'll see Jesus. That's growing up in him. That's going for, for him. I'm not going to get this finished unless y'all want to stay another 30 minutes. I'm not going to do that to my wife, okay? <laughs> Amen. Whatever you do in word, you do in the name as if you are Jesus himself. Act like you're Jesus. Act like you're Jesus. <laughs> and you'll do what he wants. Amen.
Amen. Our attitude toward the Word of God determines the place that God holds in our life. I want to ask you, is this, not, not the physical book, but is this first place in your heart? Is this first place in your mind? Is it? Think about that. Is it? If it is, guess what's going to happen? You're going to become, the fire is going to come, going to burn you up, and Jesus will be what's left. Amen? So our attitude toward the Word determines the place God has. The Word is God the Father speaking to us, not words from an ordinary source. It's not who's the news anchor. Nora O'Donnell, I guess that's one of the big news anchors on, on the evening news, right? Nora O'Donnell. Thank you. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I heard Betty chuckle over there. She understands <laughs> what I referred to. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Verses 11 through 16. When you get that in your sword, I, I highly recommend, this is called your sword of your spirit, what's inside of here. I highly recommend you bring the word with you. I know it's on your phones. You can do it on your phones. I like, I like the physical book myself. I like to read the book, okay? I highly recommend that. Get the word. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Now these are the gifts God, Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastor teachers, that should be one word actually, the pastor teachers. A pastor should have a gift of teaching to be able to share with you the meanings of the word, to help you grow up in him. It says their responsibility is to, uh, to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. The, the pastor teachers, the pop, those guys' responsibility is not to do the work. They're not to be the one that's... To, that's giving birth to the new baby sheep. Understand? The pastor, teacher, and the, the, the gifts, they're to equip you to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the complete and full standard of Christ in other words, you look at Jesus and you see Jesus and each of us, each of you is to grow up and be as big as Jesus. To be Jesus, to be as big as him. That's us. That's his will. It says then, at verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. Didn't Jesus say, unless you become as children, you won't see the kingdom, right? Didn't he say that? So why is he saying this? Don't become immature like children. I can give you another word for that. Don't be childish. Become childlike, but don't become childish. Don't be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies that they so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will do this. We'll speak the truth in love. What is the truth? What is the truth? What is the truth? The truth's right here. Jesus said it. Thy word, your word, Lord, is truth. His word is truth. We'll speak the truth in love. There's that word again, folks. In love, in agape. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. 
Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy. There's that word, and growing and full of, there's that word again, full of love. They're not wooking penub in the wrong places, no. They're full of love because the Lord inhabits them and dwells in them. One more verse, do you mind? One more verse, a couple minutes. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. 1 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 8. This is the result. This is an example of what is to happen when we have those gifts sharing and equipping us to do the work. Have you got that verse already? It's right there on the screen. If you can read that. 1 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 8. So you, you king's kids, you receive the message with joy from us from the Holy Spirit, in spite of the severe suffering it brought you, in this way you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you've become an example to all the believers in Greece through Macedonia and Achaia. Through all the stateside, you've become examples. Amen? All the stateside. And it says, Now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it. Now, as this word shows, we're to grow up, and then what happens? Look closely. Go out. Put out. Go out forth from here. Put out the word. Jesus said it this way. Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel the good news to every person. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. I'm going to continue. I have, what are the symptoms that show that we're growing up? There's a whole set of scriptures that talk about that. Number one, we follow God's Holy Spirit instead of this earth suit that we live in. That's a good way to look. It's an earth suit. The real us lives in an earth suit, Okay. You go to space, you got to live in a space suit, right? Here you live in an earth suit. So we don't live by the dictates of our earth suit, Romans 8, 13 to 14. If we do that, it says we'll die. But if you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, your earth suit, you will live. For all who are led or under the influence by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That word is the huios meaning grown-up, mature sons. The people who have the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you've seen, I've seen a number of times, I never did it myself, but I've seen people get under the influence of the wrong kind of spirit. Have you ever seen that? Maybe you, maybe you experienced it yourself, I don't know. But under the wrong kind of spirit, evil, the evil kind that comes out of a Jim Beam bottle, okay, or whatever. And they get under the influence, and what happens? They act differently, don't they? They act differently. <laughs> Some of them, the comedians on TV, <laughs> they're doing this and, and just saying kind of funny things and stuff. But they act differently. Some of them get mean. Some of them become the life of the party, entertaining everybody all the time. So they're under the influence of alcohol, of their DUI. They're driving their LUI, living under the influence of alcohol. But the Bible says... As many as who are led under the influence of God's Holy Spirit, they're the mature sons. They're the mature sons. Amen. So have we decided to refuse the demands of our flesh? 
and be led by God the Holy Spirit? Have we decided that? Have we chose life? Did we choose life? Did we choose life? I'm not going to go through all these. Galatians 5. Take the notes and look them up in your Bibles at home. Galatians 5, 13 through 26. It talks about living by God's Holy Spirit there. And how what will come out of you when that happens. It talks about if you live by your earth suit, the things that will come out of you, they're not good. They're not pleasant. They're not things that people will be happy about. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to finish right there because I'm, I'm probably going to get a whooping before I get home here. <laughs> I'm going to finish. But I want to know, does anyone, does any member of the body this morning, do you need prayer? Is there a situation that you're dealing with? By being here this morning, you're part of our body, you see. You're dealing with, and we could join together with you because the word says this. If two of you, you Christians, two of you King's kids, will gather together and pray together and agree together in your prayer, it shall be done. It's a promise from heaven. You can count on it. You can base your life on it. If that is you, we're happy to come together and agree. Not just me. There's others of us. We'll come together. We'll agree with you this morning. We're not going to make a sideshow of things. But if you want to do that this morning, Miss Betty, could we play something worship, worshipful? Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus, this morning. Praise you, Father God. Father God, we receive, we believe that we receive everything you've promised today. We believe that you have said yes because your word says all your promises are yes and amen to those who accept and believe them. So we're believing that we receive hope. If you need to make that decision before heaven, and, and as God said, choose life, choose Jesus this morning. I want to help you with that. We want to help you with that this morning. The most important decision any person on this earth could ever make is to, it says in the word, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And it says, and your household, and your, and your family. So, this morning, if you need to believe on Jesus Christ and would like assist, like pray together with us as a family this morning, just wave real quick. Just wave. Just wave. Just say, that's me. I'm going to do it this morning. I'm coming to my heavenly family this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If not only does he provide the salvation, he provides the perfect wellness and health. If you're in that boat right now and you want to get out of that boat, let's pray together with you right now in Jesus' name. Let's do it in Jesus' name. Get you out. Come join me at the front. I want to lay hands on you. I want to get you set free by the power of God's Spirit. Hallelujah to Jesus. Come forward. Join me up here right now. Join me right here. Let's pray together right now and get you free. We'll believe together right now and get you free. We thank you, Jesus.